0: out there this morning. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm going to uh, jump us into the morning's message. I'm going to trust that you'll read your program. Uh, There's a lot of great things happening in the life of our church. I don't have to go through it, but you just take time to read through that later on. Um, I don't know how many of you that uh, still have moms on the planet had a chance to connect with them, but I called my mom this morning, and you don't know, and, and I know she's watching right now, so hey mom, <laughs> hey mom. She said, I know you don't get on till like 10.30, so I'm going to go for a walk, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but I'm going to tune in. And, and here's the thing about moms, no matter how old you get, they want you to get better, and so they give you advice. Is that true? I'm almost 60 years old, and this morning my mom decided, hey, I don't want to hurt your feelings but I want to coach you a little bit on public speaking. (laughs) And so she gave me a little tip. I'm not going to tell you because it might distract you, but I'm going to try and practice this morning, Mom, that wonderful advice you gave me on how I can become a more effective communicator. I just want to say thank you. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of my mom, there's one word that I think defines her uh, as a mother, And it's the word generosity. As I think back about the way that my brother and my sister and I were raised, uh, my mother lived and loved so, so generously. I don't know how many of you remember uh, being a kid. Anybody here have a paper route when you were a little kid? Paper route culture? Yeah, paper route. I was 11 years old, Oakland Tribune. And you know, it was those days, the holidays. It was Christmas it was New Year's Day, Thanksgiving morning, my mom got up, rather than me carrying those bags of papers, you know, she got up and helped me load those papers in, in, in the car and she helped me deliver those. And it was just one way that she was so sacrificial, so generous. Another was, I, was, uh, I played hockey as a kid. Any of you that know about getting ice time at an ice rink, uh, it's, it's not usually at four in the afternoon. It is midnight. Friday nights she would uh, drop me off pick me up at, at midnight or on Sunday mornings 4 a.m. And many of you know that because you're driving your kids to club soccer down in San Diego and Orange County and Lancaster. I don't know why you'd go to Lancaster, but you're driving your you're, you're driving your kids out there. And it's just again it's another sign of generosity. My mom was uh, the one who took me, my brother and sister to our first, World Series game. It was my mom who took us to the Oakland A's against the New York Mets back in the 1970s. I don't even remember what year that was, but it was amazing. And mom, I know you're watching. Here's the other thing that I thought was such a great act of generosity. I my, One of my best friends growing up was this kid, Rusty Potter. You guys have heard me talk about Rusty. And Rusty used to spend the night at our house. And, and I remember one time my mom, finally, after seven nights, she said, you know, I think it's time Rusty goes home. He's, he's, he's been with us now for seven nights in a row. And it was like, seven nights, school nights. He would just sleep over at our house. and oh Generosity, generosity. That's our theme this morning uh, is generosity. Here's the definition I want you to think about. Generosity is the readiness to give more than is necessary or expected it's the readiness to give more than is necessary or expected 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 7 love never gives up never gives up love never loses faith it always is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. What's the meaning of this it reminds us that love is a choice it's more than an emotion more than a feeling and if you're a parent and you love your kids you know you don't always feel these loving feelings but you make choices to persevere to endure to never give up on your kids and on your friendships and on your family right? This idea of, it requires generosity, it requires sacrifice, it requires something in you that uh, is challenging. And and let me just be clear, what we're talking about this morning, generosity, I'm not talking about walking around and just giving people money. In fact, today's sermon on generosity has nothing to do with money. You can be a generous person, and we're going to do some reflection here this morning. How can we live generously and love generously? And it doesn't require digging deep and writing a check and that. So those of you that have, have your, your kind of antenna up, oh, here he goes, he's going to, no, I'm not, that's not it today. I'm going to push you on how you can, and not just push you, but hopefully inspire you, encourage you. How can you live a generous life, and it has nothing to do with money? Because it's, it's this kind of love that will make this world a better place. It will make your family a better place. Uh all you have to do is look in the Gospels. You start reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, following the life of Jesus and seeing time after time, person after person, town after town, disciple after disciple. He's living and he's loving generously the people that come right across his path, that are right next to him, on his side, in front of him. Over and over again, we see Jesus living and loving generously. And so today, the big idea is make it your aim this Mother's Day. Make it your aim to be the most generous person that you know. I have a pastor friend up at Marin Covenant Church, Jeff Mazzarello. We went to junior high and high school together. But Jeff, he said that was that's what that was kind of the line he said when I raised my kids. I told them, I taught them. I want my kids to grow up and I want them to be the most generous person in the room. And again, it doesn't have to always do with money. And so it is this kind of love that makes such a huge difference. But it is this love that will also wipe you out. It will make you tired. It will drain you, deplete you. And why do I say that? Well. Some of you are in careers, you know what that's like. I'm married to a teacher. Some of you are te- – raise your hand if you're a teacher out there, right? You're, you're relationally – yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. You're, you're relationally all in, all day long. And this can be exhausting to, to live and love generously the students that God puts in your classroom. Some of you are in sales. Some of you are in customer support. Every day of the week is relationally demanding. Uh, and now it's about to get real. Some of you are living or working with people that drain you, that deplete you. It might be a boss, a family member, someone who's abrasive or angry. Uh, maybe someone who is self-absorbed, demanding, selfish, someone who never thinks about anybody else, and you live with that person or you work with that person, that can be really depleting and draining to be around that day after day after day. Are, are, Are you hearing me? Yeah, some of you are going amen under your breath, right? So how does this all work? How can I live generously? How can I generously love others day after day after day? Is that possible? Well, in and of ourselves, I I don't think it's possible for me. I have to, in some way, be connected to the source of love. I don't have it within me. I don't have the capacity within me to live that way, to love that way generously. The Bible says that all of us are kind of bent, not kind of. We we are bent. We have a disease that's called selfishness. So we're, we're more about looking out for ourselves than living and loving generously and living beyond ourselves. It takes a supernatural, divine connection, an openness to the source of love, to God Himself. And it's this openness that allows the love of God to be poured out into your life day after day. And then, you know what happens? The love of God, the Spirit of Jesus kind of leaks out of you on to others. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12, the first part of it, it says this. Now, now, just soak in these words. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. May the Lord make your love. See, it's God who is at work in you. When you are open to the source, when you're connected to the source of love, now he's working. He's making you a person that can choose, can make decisions day after day to choose love. And that love, what? Grows and overflow. That word overflow, it has to do with leaking out of you onto others. In and of yourself, spoiler alert, in and of yourself, you cannot live in love this way day after day. It's only a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit, the source of love that gives you the ability to live this way, to love generously. And so, in fact, I, I brought my cell phone up here because it's just such a great example. This phone loves me all day long. It serves me all day long. It's giving to me all day long information, whatever I want. It just it, 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 I click it in and it, it gives me what I want, right? But what happens to this phone if I just carry it with me day after day after day without plugging it in to a power source? What happens? It dies out. It dies out. It burns out. It just shuts down. And what happens to you when you're giving out love, when you're generously pouring yourself out to serve others, to bless others, to live beyond yourself, to go the extra mile, to sacrifice, to generously give others without somebody pouring into you. Without having your spiritual batteries recharged, you're going to burn out. You're going to get tired out. You're going to just flame out. And so think about when you find it challenging to love, when you're going, I, I got nothing left. That That's just a little sign you got to get reconnected. You got to get plugged back in. Jesus said, you know, we get our life from being connected to the vine in John 15. But a, a modern-day example of that is simply a cell phone. You have to be connected to the power source, to the source of love, if you want to live this way. It's an extra ex- extraordinary way to live, to live this way. Are you with me? So let's just real quickly, five reflections this morning that I'm going to share with you, and I'm going to share a few stories with you as well. I've had kind of an extraordinary last few weeks, but five ways to change your world and change your life by living and loving generously that have nothing to do with money. The first is generously give others the benefit of the doubt. Generously give others the benefit of the doubt. What does that mean? It means when there's a gap between your expectations and their behavior, rather than thinking the worst rather than going dark and making accusations you believe the best you know it's Brené Brown who who's captured that phrase the story i am telling myself right now is and that story is typically the dark version it's the blame version it's the i'm ready to get irritated or discouraged version and so I want you to think about in your own family, in your own life, in your own workplace, what if when when a situation arises, rather than assume the worst, how about if if you made a shift and you said, I'm going to believe the best. I'm going to actually give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to believe the best. So Thursday of this week, this happened to me, real life, real time. I was going to go... Meet a friend to play golf with him for his birthday. Well, I haven't played golf in a long, long time. My golf clubs were locked up in our shed. I go out to the shed and it's locked. Oh, locked. Why here's here's where I go. Why is the shed locked? Who locked the shed? Well, I live with one person, my wife. So, as I said, she's a school teacher, but I don't care. I text her, where are the keys to the shed? Where are the keys to the shed? I only texted her three or four times. Not really connecting the dots that she's teaching and not just hanging out on her cell phone. Then I decided I'd call her. She doesn't pick up because she's teaching. So rather than believe the best, I thought, you know what? I'm going down to Franklin Elementary School. I get in my car, and I'm driving... I'm mildly annoyed, irritated, thinking, why, why did she hide or move the keys, you know, to the shed? So, on the way down, honest to God, I had a Holy Spirit interruption. And it was that thought, what if you believed the best about Natalie right now? Maybe she has nothing to do with where the keys were put. What if you believe the best and change your tone, change your attitude? So I walk into her classroom. uh, There's a sign on the door, testing, please be quiet. (laughs) So I walk in, big old smile on my face. Hi. Hi. (laughs) She's like, what are you doing here? Hey. Hey. You know, I'm playing golf, I, I, I the keys. We lost the keys to the shed. Any idea maybe where they are? Just really cheerful, <laughs> not grumpy. She goes, don't you remember when my car got broken into? Those keys were in the car and they got stolen. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, have a great day, honey. <laughs> I averted a three-day argument right there, by the way, instead of storming into her classroom. And, and all of that is believing the best rather than accusing, blaming, thinking the worst. And I know even as I'm speaking, some of you maybe have a story going on in your head right now about someone, maybe the person you came to church with, accusing, blaming, thinking the worst rather than Believing the best. If you live this way, you make a shift. You allow the Spirit of God to change the way you think, Romans 12. You're doing yourself a favor by living and loving generously in this way. Are you hearing me? What a difference that will make in our family, in our workplace, with people that work with us, our teammates. All right, let's jump to the second one. Second reflection is generously give up any payback. Giving up any payback when you've been slighted, betrayed, mistreated, overlooked. Give up resentment. That's generous. To give up the need to get even, to get revenge, to retaliate, to spread rumors about that person and gossip about it. It's generous to keep your mouth shut, to in your heart choose to absorb the hurt and the pain. That's what forgiveness is. When we forgive, when we extend grace, there's a generosity in that. We're choosing to absorb the hurt and the pain. There's a story in in Luke 7. It's the story of Jesus at the home of a Pharisee having dinner. And then this woman Luke writes uh, and, and she's got this reputation that out in the community, probably a prostitute is the way the Pharisee uh, the, the nuance in the text. And she comes into the house and starts generously just pouring out love on Jesus. She's kissing the feet of Jesus. She's anointing Jesus with oil. And this Pharisee's looking going, if this man really was a prophet, he would know who is. Treating him this way, like, why are you allowing yourself to, to to this woman to kiss your feet and anoint your head? And and I love this one phrase Jesus says to the Pharisee, Hey, let me tell you something. Now, if Jesus said to me, Hey, let me tell you something, that would get my attention. And here's the line he says in Luke 7:47. He says, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. And then here's the line. Whoever has been forgiven little loves little. What does that mean? If I don't think I need forgiveness, if I'm thinking, I'm good, I'm actually perfect. I don't need to be forgiven of anything. I've never hurt anybody. I've never mistreated anybody. I've never sinned. I don't need forgiveness for anything. Jesus is saying, if I have that attitude of pride, my capacity to love, I'm going to love little. I'm going to actually be more demanding and more judgmental and judgy towards people in my life. Generous love chooses to forgive, to absorb the pain, the loss, the hurt, because I know that I have been forgiven so much. Third reflection, generously give your undivided attention. This is kind of an obvious one. It's actually kind of right now all over our, our culture and community. This is kind of the big thing is this, hey, you love people by giving your undivided, by being present, by being in the moment, not just at the moment, right? It's this idea of putting away your attention phone, turning it off, you come in the house, you're going out to dinner. How about this afternoon? How many of you are going out for Mother's Day lunch, brunch, or dinner today? Just raise your hand. Or even if you're at home and and you're doing something related, raise your hand. Just raise them. Okay, most. What if today, when you go to that meal, you turn off your phone and you leave it in the car? You turn off your phone and leave it in the bathroom? You don't bring it to the dining room. You don't bring it into the restaurant. Nobody's that important. I know there's a few of you that think you are. Nobody is that important. And it's a way to be engaged and present and not miss the moment. I have some friends that I did their wedding several years ago. They've written a book. It's called You're Missing It. I think we have the cover of that book. Uh, you're missing it, and it's this whole story of little kids with their parents, and they're at the zoo or they're out at a park, and the kids are going, "Daddy, look, look, and 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 look at that butterfly!" And Daddy, look at this. And here's Dad. What? Huh? Oh yeah, cool. Hey, hey. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Right. And the title of the book is, You're Missing It. This idea of giving your undivided attention. It's a way to love generously. It really is. For some of you, it is a sacrifice. You, you want to you be in touch. What if you said, I'm going to set some boundaries around my cell phone, the TV, my computer. I'm going to shut it down so I can be completely present. A couple weeks ago, I was on my way to the Q Conference in Nashville and got on the plane in Santa Barbara. It was Santa Barbara, Denver, Denver, Nashville. And I don't know, this probably hasn't happened to any of you, but I'm looking at my plane ticket. I'm walking on the plane and it's like row 36, seat B. And I'm doing the math as I'm walking down the aisle going, seat B is not a window seat. And it's not an aisle seat. I end up in the very last row, center seat. How many of you, that's your favorite favorite place to sit? Yeah. I'm like, are you, my trip already. Are you kidding me? So I sit down and no judgment here, but the guy that was sitting in the aisle, a young 20-something gangbanger looking guy. And my thought was kind of like, well, this should be interesting. So I decide in that moment, you know what? I got some work to do. I pull out my stuff, and I'm not going to talk to either bu- either person on, on, on each side of me. I'm just going to get dialed. Anybody else do that when you get on an airplane? It's like, don't bug me. I had that don't bug me, leave me alone vibe going off of me. So about halfway through the flight, this <coughs> gangbanger-looking guy, in the most polite warm, articulate way says, excuse me, so if you don't mind my asking, where are you headed today? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to Nashville. And uh, he goes, oh, okay. And I said, how about you? And he goes, I'm going to Nashville too. I said, oh, great. And then he says, so if you don't mind my asking, what takes you to Nashville today? So I'm going to this Q conference, it's for leaders and pastors and spiritual leaders and, and it's about questions and, and culture and I, I tell them about it and stuff. And, and so then I look at him and I go, so if you don't mind my asking, what takes you to Nashville today? And he says, well, I'm working security for the NFL draft. Oh, wow, you know, I, I like NFL and stuff, so I'm like, oh, this right on, man. Yeah, all right, yeah, awesome, high five, you know. So I said, well, tell me, tell me your story. How, how, how'd you get into that? And here's what he said. He said, well, I just aged out of the foster care system. I'm 19 years old. He said, the last 10 years, I've lived in 42 different homes. 42 different homes. He goes, I have experienced rejection, abuse, molestation. And I, I, whoa. I said, man, you just seem so like not bitter and resentful, but so warm and generous and loving and positive. So when I was 10 years old, I was in a group home, and they always put me with older kids because I was kind of more mature than myself, so they'd put me with 14, 15, 16-year-olds. And I'd get beat up, and and I just decided I don't want to be like that. I just decided I'm not going to grow up and be like these guys who are mean-spirited and bullies and... I want to be a different kind of person. And all of a sudden, as you can tell, I was engaged. My undivided, I wasn't going, hey, let me check my cell phone here. I was totally dialed into this conversation. I said to him, so if you don't mind my asking, I go, what do you do for Christmas? What do you do for Thanksgiving? He said, just like any other day of the week for me. I either work or I watch TV, just spend it alone. He goes, I live in Santa Maria. He goes, I'm living in living in an apartment by myself. It's state funded or whatever. He goes, it's $45 a month. Live by myself. And on holidays like that, he goes, I just usually am by myself. And my heart is just getting touched, getting wrecked. I said, what do you do for your birthday, if you don't mind my asking? He goes, and he said, he goes, you know what, I haven't had my birthday celebrated with people in over 10 years. Now, just sit in that. A human being. This kid is amazing. I'm sitting next to him. No, 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 no human being deserves that kind of life, right? We would agree with that. How, How do we love generously how do we get dialed in how do we you never know who God's going to put right in front of you right next to you so as the plane lands I realize I don't know his name and maybe this is God's way of getting my attention I said hey I I don't even know your name I said what's your name before we leave he goes Jesus (laughs) oh okay Jesus I said hey you got an awesome name man so I leave the plane, and, and our drummer this morning, Johnny Miller, was on the plane with me, about 36 rows ahead of me in first class. <laughs> and I start telling him the story. And you know, Pastor Jono, where are you, Jono? We called, you know, Jeremiah, in the book, the, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. I call Jono the weeping pastor because... <laughs> He gets he gets so tender. I love it, man. When he speaks, he gets tender. I never ever cry. I just don't. And I see Big Johnny, I don't know what are you 6667, and I just bury my head in his chest sobbing in the middle of the Denver airport as I'm telling him what just happened to me with this with Jesus. 42 different homes, living from San Jose to Beaumont, Palm Springs, Noah's Anchorage here in Santa Barbara. He said he spent time in there. And here's my point in telling that story. When we give our undivided attention, when we live and love generously, you know what? There's a blessing for us. It's not just the love that we give. I think it was Jesus who said it's more blessed to give than receive. This story for me, that, that was it for me. I'm like, I, I got blessed. I got touched. I got wrecked seeing this is not the world that Jesus longs to see for anybody. And the church's role is to be a light in the world, a generous, loving presence in the world, and to right the wrongs in the world. Here's a 19-year-old living by himself. I don't know how to get in touch with him. I want to. I've been praying, Lord, help him, We, we you know but giving your undivided attention. Okay, I got to keep going. I'm telling too many stories. Let me I got two more points really quick. Number 4 is generously give by going the extra mile. Generously give by going the extra mile. Jesus said in Matthew 5, whoever compels you to go 1 mile, go with him too. Wait, what? Go with him too. Wait, why? It's all about generosity. It's about living beyond yourself. It's living and loving generously. In the book of Acts, chapter 10, there's this guy, Cornelius. And in verse 2, this is what it says. Cornelius and all his family were God-fearing people who gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Cornelius and all his family. Think about the legacy that Cornelius was giving, leaving for his kids. To give to those in need. Going the extra mile, modeling that for his family. That's the kind of legacy that I want to leave, that I know you want to leave, right? So another story. Third, uh, what's today? Sunday. Friday. Friday. I went on a bike ride with a buddy of mine Friday morning. Biked down to Summerlin and back. And uh, we parted ways. And I'm doing stuff around the house. And I take Fridays as my Sabbath day. And and it was just at home. And all of a sudden, Jose Rodriguez shows up on my doorstep. Like, he goes, hey, are you John Ireland? And I go, I am. I go, I go how can I help you? And he, and he says... Is this your wallet? I'm like, dude, that is my wallet. He goes, I found it on Lower State Street uh, just a couple hours ago. And I started thinking in my, he goes, I just wanted you to have it. And, of course, what do you do when you get your wallet back? Oh, man, everything, everything is still in there. My house to the Arlington is exactly one mile. And I started thinking, Lower State Street is to the Arlington is about a mile, and I thought in my mind, here's a guy in his delivery truck. He's, he's got his wine and spirits delivery truck. He's out making calls, and he literally went an extra mile out of his way, literally, to bring me my wallet. Now, you might hear that and go, well, of course, duh. We live in a world that most people don't do that anymore, or the cash is gone. What is it for you if you were to live and love generously, to to go the extra mile for your family, to go the extra mile at work, to go the extra mile with friends? I've had the experience, had it last night. Friend invited Natalie and I for dinner, and it's one thing to go to dinner, it's another thing to kind of lavishly and generously, several courses, and we're going to start with, hors d'oeuvres and crack crab and then we're gonna move to the living room and we're gonna it was just amazing i was actually blown away by the generosity of hospitality and some of you are modeling that and living that and i gotta tell you it's amazing when you go the extra mile to help your family your friends to feel special and there i've, I've been in many of your homes and you do that and i just i bless you i applaud you that there is a blessing that happens on the receiving end when you go the extra mile in your hospitality. This idea of going the extra mile is a way we generously love. What would hold you back from, from doing that? From staying late at work to help your coworker, your teammate that, that needs help, that's struggling, that's overwhelmed? Or by looking around the house for your spouse, for your mom, uh, beyond Mother's Day, and saying, how can I serve? How can I go the extra mile? Here's the last point. And it's just to give generously or generously give appreciation, appreciation, appreciation to others. Proverbs 16, 24, excuse me. Kind words are like what? Honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. How much does it cost to appreciate a person with a note, a text, a phone call to say, I just, I want to thank you for believing in me. How much does it cost to appreciate the people around you who've been a blessing to you, who support you, who are encouraging you, who are giving you or who have given you a second chance How much does that cost? I'll close with this. I received a text message from a friend of mine this week, and it it was like it made my year. It was one of those texts, and I'll just read you part of it because it just, he didn't have to send me this text, but a year ago he he was in a dark place. I'll just read it to you. He says, I've been reflecting on the darkest days of my life one year ago. Indescribably lonely and pain-filled nights where I held on to life by a thread. Indescribably lonely and pain-filled nights where I held on to life by a thread. Alone in the dark, unable to sleep, viscerally writhing in pain, but holding on to the hope of the Lord's help. The prayer was answered by his presence and your friendship. I felt upheld by your friendship and faith that God's grace would redeem my broken life. I knew you believed in me and my future. You have always made time for me, and now, love this, now those dark nights seem like a distant history. Thank you for for your love. So here's my question for you. Who can you unleash generous amounts of appreciation on this week? Write a note, send a text, pick up the phone and just say thank you. Say you made a difference in my life. You you were there for me. You helped bail me out. It doesn't cost you anything. but it will make a world of difference. I mean, when I got that text, it, like, like I said, it didn't just make my day. I thought, wow, I didn't even realize I was making that kind of a difference in his life. And I'm just so grateful that I made time. So let me close this. Bow your heads with me. Band's going to come up. Pastor is going to come up. Lead us into the table. But this generous love Uh, wow, we see it most on the cross that God gave up his son generously, sacrificially for us. May, for some of you right here, right now, you want to live this generous life, but you you, you might say, I don't have the capacity. And maybe today is the day that you take that step of faith and you say, I want to open my life to Christ. I want God to, to come and fill me, to pour His love into my life, to forgive me, to give me a power that is supernatural, that allows me to live at a whole other level. I know I want more of that. Maybe just right where you are in this auditorium, if you want that in your life today, you're going, I, I want God to pour more love into my life today so that I can live and love at a whole other level. Just raise your hand right now, right here. Yeah. We want that, don't we? So let me pray for us. Father, I pray for every one of us that wants that new life, that generous life. We, we want to be known. We want to leave a legacy for going the extra mile for our family and our friends, our community. We want to be known for giving people the benefit of the doubt, for living and loving so graciously. We want to be known for not being bitter and resentful, not offering payback and revenge, but for for being people that forgive. And we want to be known for people that are dialed in, listening, present, not always on our phones. We want to be known as your children who have Jesus Christ leaking out of us, living through us. And so today I pray over every heart in this room, whether we have never trusted you or we've been walking with you for 40, 50 years, right here, right now, Would you fill us with your Spirit? Would you come and move in us and love generously through us? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.